We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Well, folks, there you have it. Jabron Payne has committed to Notre Dame. <laughs> what cluster this day has been. So, Jerron Payne just tweeted that his commitment to Notre Dame. So, guys, we don't need to do the whole CBS thing and all that other nonsense. We can get right down to brass tacks, fellas, and that is that Notre Dame has added and finished. It is now finished. Uh, the, the 2022 class by landing running back Jabron Payne. So, Ryan, let's start it off, obviously, with you. Let's talk first and foremost about what this means for Notre Dame in the 2022 class. Obviously, it uh, gives them now a second back. Yeah, it gives them a second back to move up in some rankings, obviously. I think it was, was a 24-7 sports. They're now jumping. main ranking and then also yes. their uh, the, the rivals. Are yeah. The two. Yeah, so I think what it does for you mostly is the fact of with running back, we've already seen Jadarian Price in the spring and the type of dynamic athlete that he is. Now you get to combine that with a more all-around profile in Jabron Payne. He's got he's a player that has dealt with injury, obviously, but from a physical perspective, I think he has a more potential to be a little bit of a bigger back compared to Jadarian Price. I think when you see him on the field when he's healthy, he's got nice speed, he's got an all-around profile, he moves well in space quick-footed player, good hands. I think he's a really good player, and I think that he's a player that certainly can play at Notre Dame if healthy. That is obviously the biggest question mark is whether the health is going to hold out long-term. But I think when you combine his talents with with Jadarian Price in the 2022 class, I think you've got one of the better duos in the nation as far as recruiting goes. You know, we're kind of we're going to kind of address some of the things that we talked earlier in today, the earlier show that ended up we ended up deleting because it was just such a mess. The whole thing was just absolutely a mess. But, you know, Brian, the, the, this is going to get super confusing. Brian, Brian, and Ryan. So uh, I'm going to just go Smitty, my man, Smitty. Uh, to me, the, the comparison that I made earlier, and I, and I want to get your thoughts on it. Ryan addressed it in the earlier show. But the, when I think of, like, duos, right, like I like running backs that complement each other. I, you know, it, It's fine to have multiple of the same guys. I mean, Alabama back in the day was just putting out the same running back. It didn't matter who was going on the field. And they could just run the same offense. But for me, especially in a modern offense, a, a bit of a spread offense, kind of like what Notre Dame does, I like complementary backs. And when I look at these two kids, 
I see a kid in, in Jadarian Price who reminds me a lot of a more explosive version of Sear Wood. And I see a kid in Jabron Payne with the suddenness, the vision, the body type, and then the pass-catching skills that can be a theoretic. And so I really see sort of an even more explosive version of that duo when I look at Notre Dame's 2022 running back class. What are your thoughts on that on that kind of comp from that from those players? Well, I was fortunate enough to go see Mr. Price play live. And uh, as I've told you on the phone numerous times, starting with him, seeing him on film is nice. It's not even cool. You have to see a kid like that live. He was running away from Texas kids. So the explosive part you mentioned is important. Now you put a kid in like Payne, who's a complimentary player, as you said, who he reminds me a little bit of Javon Ringer. I played at Michigan State, mm-hmm. different guys. He can be a one cut and go inside zone guy. And he on film, not that you do this in college, would run one direction, reverse field goal all the way back. That's not a good idea in college, but he he does have athleticism mm-hmm. and he played in the slot. He blocked, he plays hard. And he's a guy that, like you said, Riddick's a good comparison because he played receiver at Notre Dame his sophomore right. year, much like Ricky Waters did. And it helped him just like it helped Ricky Waters make it to the national football league. Mm-hmm. This kid has natural hands. And so does Price, by the way. He's got very good hands. Right. So right. if you catch the ball in the modern offense, it's just like then you're a running back again. He already knows how to make guys miss and break tackles. So I think it's a good deal. I think it's a really good deal overall. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. My wife likes to think of herself as a coffee expert. So when we decided to give Trade Coffees a try, she was excited to see what they had to offer. And we were not disappointed. After figuring out a short quiz that matches you with just the right coffee, we received the Holmes blend from Sparrow's Coffee in Grand Rapids, Michigan. The Nostalgia Series blend that she received from Sparrow's Coffee made an immediate impression as soon as she opened the box. And once she brewed the Holmes blend the next morning, she was able to enjoy a rich, smooth cup of coffee with a very robust flavor. My wife is quite picky about her coffees, but you can be sure that she'll once again be buying from Sparrow's Coffee and we'll be going back to Trade Coffee for another shot at getting a tasty blend from a regional company. You have to give Trade's Coffee a try. Trade's Coffee team actually tastes thousands of coffees to keep 450 different kinds live and ready to ship every day. There's no one perfect coffee, but there is a perfect coffee for you, and Trade's human-powered algorithm will find it. Trade is so confident they'll match you right the first time that if they don't, They'll take your feedback and an actual coffee expert will work with you to send a brand new bag for free. What we learned is that Trade Coffee send you freshly roasted beans from 60 of the country's best craft roasters. Small businesses, 
who pay farmers fair prices to substantially source the greatest beans from around the world. Trades Coffee's experts personally taste over 450 roasts, so they know exactly what to recommend for you. Just answer a couple of questions, and you get your own personalized variety of coffees delivered fresh to you as soon as you like. No gimmicks. Trade delivers a fresh bag of roasted coffee as whole beans or ground for however you brew it at home. And they guarantee you'll love your first order or they'll replace it for free. Trade has delivered over 5 million bags of fresh coffee. And right now, Trade is offering new subscribers a total of $30 off your first order plus shipping when you go to drinktrade.com forward slash Irish. That's more than 40 cups of coffee for free. Get started by taking their quiz at drinktrade.com forward slash Irish and let trade find you a coffee you'll love. That's drinktrade.com forward slash Irish for $30 off. And when we talk about the numbers at running back, I mean, I think it is important to have guys. I mean, if you're going to try to play more guys, if you're going to have a deep depth chart like Notre Dame now has a running back, you're going to need guys that can do things, multiple things, guys that can do things together. When you look at, at the running backs that you have, the guy's coming back. Obviously, Audric Estime is not a guy you're going to line up in the slot. Logan Diggs is not a guy you're going to line up in the slot. No, Logan Diggs is a legitimate pass game weapon, but it's more out of the backfield. Brian, that's another guy that you had a chance to see in person. Very good pass play, you know, pass game player, but it's as a traditional running back. You need to have – it, not you don't need to, but it's it's nice to have if you're going to have five, six running backs to have a guy that you can say, look, let's go 21 or 20 personnel, and this kid can legitimately line up in the slot. I've never seen Chris Tyree as that kind of guy. You can put Chris Tyree in the slot – but you're going to do running back things with Chris Tyree in the slot. With Jabron Payne, Brian, you know, there's film of him not just in high school. I mean, he's, there's film of him in high school, like running backside seam routes and things like that. But then there's some some camp film from that I've seen in the past where, you know, he's running routes. And, and that's not Chris Tyree. Jabron Payne Perfect. can bring that to the table. Assume, again, this is all working under the assumption that the athleticism we saw from him as a sophomore comes back after basically missing – the last two seasons. So I think it's really important to have a kid that is legitimate. Okay. We can put you out at as a slot in a, in a two running back type of package. I don't see how you can't like it. If you've watched him catch the ball, that was my question because like they have guys that can pound it and they have some speed anyway. And I'm like, well, pain, I've watched a little bit of film. I watched some more. The more I watched, the more I saw him catch the ball and just line up flat out in the slot. And I'm like, Okay, now this changes the dynamic, and this is why you do it. And, and the other point that you made about numbers, look, running back arguably has the highest attrition. I mean, Ryan probably has that stat being an NFL guy of any position on the field. They're going into the season with four guys, then they add a fifth. I'll bet you they'll be at three by game number two or three. There's Just a chance. I mean, we yeah. saw it, Brian, we saw it in game three of the 2019 season. They were down to one running back that was healthy. Well, they had two because they, but they, because Kelly was unwilling to play Kyron Williams, so they had one healthy running back. That's Tony Jones Jr. I've had people say, "Why didn't Notre Dame try to run the ball more against Georgia?" They had one running back. They had one healthy running back. So yeah, I mean, it 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 can happen. It can certainly happen. There's no question about it. I think that they have to find a way now, as you said, and as the running back coaches said, "Hey, I need a third and short guy. I need a third and medium guy. How do I play twenty personnel? Because one of them." And this is the big thing with freshman running backs for people that don't know. If you don't block, you don't play. Because mm-hmm. if your quarterback gets smacked, that's just a no-go. And Payne, again, he showed the effort part on his film to block when it was a quarterback sweep or anything like that. That's a good sign for him. He's an all-around back. And even if he's never the quote-unquote main guy, 
he's going to help your football program. So mm-hmm. I don't have any problem with him taking him. I know you mentioned the injuries. You just don't know about that kind of stuff. Right. If that doesn't work out, he'll leave or he'll just write it out and get his degree, whatever. Right. But he's worth the risk, in my opinion. Right. And that's the thing. I mean, you're in a position where you have a scholarship available that this does not keep them from getting a receiver on the, in the transfer portal. If the need is there, uh, this is a guy that, that fits Ryan. And I, I think Ryan, the big, the big thing there is, you know, I think my hesitation has been, and I, and I believe yours has as well is, is the injury aspect of it. That's the only, the thing we both said from the very beginning, Ryan was if healthy, there's not even a question of whether or not you take a kid like Jabron Payne at this point in time. I mean, there was a lot of pushback on the board and just even in the YouTube channel a little bit. I want people to understand this is a Notre Dame quality player. I mean, he had offers from Alabama, Ohio State, Penn State for a reason. This wasn't just a throw in because Dylan McCullough, you were doing him a solid. This kid is a legitimate player. And I would hope and I, I do believe that if Notre Dame is making this move now, they have done the research on the injury and are they're comfortable with where it right. is moving forward. They're comfortable right. with this decision. So, and to go off of what Brian was saying, Smitty, I should say, because that's going to get very confusing. <laughs> it's it is a cup. It is a complimentary skill set. Notre Dame does not have a true player on this roster that I think is a detachable player from the running back position. He can go into the slot. He can do things as a pass catcher. You have guys like Audrey Estime who have that bigger build, 228 pounds. You have guys like Logan Diggs who are the smooth screen type type of players. They're traditional running backs. You have guys like Chris Tyree is one cut and four, three speed. You have a bunch of different types, which is awesome, but you don't really have a guy that complements as much as a detached player in the passing game. So now that you have that, that continues to add, possibilities to the running back room that's what I see here there's no one player there's no two players I should say in this running back room now going into next season where I say they're mirror images of one another Jadarian Price has some similarities to Chris Tyree but even they're different right like I don't I think everyone is extremely unique and that gives that like if you want to run 20 personnel 21 personnel whatever it is two backs on the field makes a lot more sense yeah and, and and Brian too in today's era of of immediate transfers (laughs) The reality is, is that if you can't find ways to get more guys on the field, you're going to lose more players. And for Notre Dame, that that can be a problem because it's not as easy to just go replace guys, especially at positions like running back, you know, of of the same caliber. I I think that when you have running backs, to Ryan's point of different styles, Brian, it's a lot easier to play four guys in a game. You know, maybe not all the time. I mean, one guy's not Mm going to get as much playing time, but when he's in there, he's going to get touches, you know, so like that third and, you know, let's just say, let's just say Audric Estime is just the third down short yardage guy. And, and, and again, we've said in shows before, Audric Estime could end up being a starter, right? We're just, for example's sake, right? Let's say he does, that is his role. He may only play eight snaps, but he's going to get five carries and maybe a touchdown or two in those five snaps. You're gonna, I mean, he's not going to be happy because he's going to want more, but you're going to keep him there. And I think that's an important thing. So you have, if you're going to do that, like if you're Bama the way Bama used to be, right, where they just kind of recruited like four TJ Yeldons. I mean, they just all were the same exact dude, right? It's harder to keep all those guys happy because they're all playing the same role. I think this is, McCullough has said, it's not the only way to do it. McCullough has said this is how he wants to do it. I think it's how Tommy Reese wants to do it. And the other nice thing is Tommy Reese has played with those type of backs. I mean, he played with Sierra Wood and Theo Riddick. He knows what kind of impact having two distinctly different running backs can can have 
on an offense when you're throwing a, a Sear Wood a Sear Wood type that got on him one on one series and then you know like look you're throwing Jadarian Price at him on one series or a Chris Tyree and then the next series you're throwing an Audric Estime or a or a Logan Diggs and then the next series you've got you know you're going two minute and you've got Jabron Payne in the backfield right because I think the thing about him is he does I have not seen any pass blocking from him on film most high school kids don't have pass blocking on film but when you look at that thick lower body and how physical he ran even as a sophomore Brian the yeah. tools are there to project for him to be a very good pass blocker which makes him a really attractive player as a third down type of back for Notre Dame even early in his career as soon as he can kind of you know, prove to be healthy and, and and figure things out. That is the difference between playing and not playing early in your career. Um, I remember telling Darius Walker right before he enrolled at Notre Dame, I said, man, you played at Buford, great program. You, you know how to run. You understand zone, man, all that. I said, you got one problem. He's like, what's that? And I said, you guys didn't throw it much. He's like, no. I said, you don't know how to pass block. Mm-hmm. I said, I guarantee you in fall camp when you get up there, you're going to find out real quick what that's about. And first time we got to go with media, there it was, outside linebacker, and there's Darius. Nat, meet Mack Truck. <laughs> and right. after the practice was over, they had those big tubs, and it was right next to the net. I walked around, and he looked at me, and I looked at him. He already knew. He didn't even say anything. He just mm-hmm. shook his head. I said, I told you. I said, you don't learn how to pass ball. You're going to get embarrassed. Right. I mean, that's pain is a physical kid. And I, you know, there was a couple of plays on his film where he blocked out of the slot and stuff. And he just showed a physicality. And you also talked about just the way he runs. Mm-hmm. You can't teach mentality. That's just who he right. is. I, I have no problem. They'll be able to teach him those things and that'll pay dividends. Yeah. We're going to put some film on as we're talking, guys. We're not going to necessarily talk through his film. We're just going to kind of have it rolling as we, as we continue to talk about him. I think there's an important part that we haven't discussed yet as we've talked about Jadarian Price and, and, you know, sort of the class impact aspect of it. We've talked about how it impacts the running back. And by the way, just keep in mind, we said in the earlier show, he's playing against the Catholic schools in Cincinnati. Brian, I would put that probably top 10 in the country in regards to just regionalize like the quality of football in the country. Yeah, Cincinnati's good. It's big time football down there. And, you know, the thing, the thing that I would say too is, this is a kid that you you came up short. Like when you look at the 2022 class, Notre Dame only signed two skill players, Tobias Merriweather and Jadarian Price. Now those are two really, really good skill players. What you've done now is you've now sort of softened that that finish, right? You've you've the the pain from that finish of losing out on guys because, like I said, because this is a kid that can do a lot of different things, like you see him in space. Brian, that's not a kind of kid that is going to be easy to just bring down in space when when you throw him bubbles or put him in the slot or throw him the look screens and different things like that. This is a kid that can now, you know, if your if your depth chart is thin again at run receiver, he can help that. And I think that can't be overlooked either. Is not that you've fixed your receiver problem in the 2022 class, you haven't, but you've you've protected yourself a little bit if you get into an emergency situation. I love the leg drive there from on him on that play. Like that is that's really impressive. And he had again, if he gets back to that athleticism, guys, you see it. He's got some burst. I mean, this is a kid that averaged 10 yards a carry. He's not a shake and bake guy, Brian. You've you you and I were talking about this on the phone. He's not a juker, which I'm fine with, but he is a kid that that has, and that's what I I, I compare him to Theo as a running back. When he gets vertical, though, man, he shows some burst and he shows some explosiveness, Brian, as, as a, you know, with the ball in his hands. 
give me that kid any day of the week. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. He's going to put you in second and six or better the vast majority of the time. And if you're staying ahead of the chains with the kind of athletes we expect them to have at receiver, he's not only going to be able to do that against a traditional box. A lot of times that box is going to be one guy short because right. they're worried about the slot or the bound or whatever. And that's, you know, if you see cover two in the NFL, what do you do? You run draws and you throw it just over the line. It's second and five. It's it's just an open book. Charlie Weiss used to talk about that all the time. And it's one of the reasons that the Patriots were so good for so long. You have to do those things. This kid can do either. He can catch it. He can run and he can block for somebody else too. I'm kind of curious to see if Notre Dame does a little of that this year, run sweeps with two running backs, et cetera. Ward only knows they have the physical skill to do it now, especially – adding a fifth guy. So yeah. I love having pain in this class. I think we're going to see more of that in, in my opinion. And, and look, let's be honest too, is Notre Dame's backfield has guys that have had injury problems, right? We've seen Chris Tyree get banged up. Logan Diggs was a little banged up this off season. Jadarian Price, we found out, Brian, he didn't miss time because you know, apparently he's a tough kid. But you know what you found out when you went down to see him was he was pretty much banged up his whole junior year. The point being mm-hmm. running backs, you, you can go from a lot of dudes to not a lot of dudes real quickly. And adding a guy like Jabron Payne, who you don't need to play right away, but can if he's healthy, help helps a lot. And I, I think the thing we discussed in the earlier show that I want to mention now, too, because sometimes it's like, okay, did we talk about that yet? Well, I know we did earlier, but was it this show, the last show that we've deleted? Uh, the thing about him is, is I also think that, uh, Brian, I'm you and I, you and I, I know we've talked about this. I, I see no point in redshirting skill players on offense in today's era. I just don't. This yeah. is one of those kids that can be an exception because – you know, he, he'll be more prone to be a five-year guy because he doesn't have the workload that he had before. And there may be a chance, you know, hey, look, let's get you healthy. Let's shake off the rust, those type. Oh, I love that cut right there. That was a great cut. But so not that you're going to go into the season and say, hey, we're going to redshirt you, but he would probably be more prone to say, hey, look, this is a kid that that if, if he's not 100% healthy, you're still okay. Get him healthy because, Ryan, you know, as you said earlier, if you can get him healthy – this is a much, much bigger pickup. This is a pickup that's just not being discussed a lot, in my opinion. Everybody is about instantaneous in our society. And this film that you're showing now to everyone is an example of what he could do. And this is not senior film. So please keep that in mind. This is sophomore film, I believe. Mm-hmm. And yep. he was already an obvious power five talent. Now, he's been banged up, and I don't even know the list of injuries he's had, but he's a running back, for one. So it's probably more than what is put out to the media or anybody else. But there's no reason with his frame that he can't be a 15-carry a game back at some point if he needed to be that. Notre Dame or anywhere else. So right, because he's I, I built well. He's, oh yeah, he's built really he's well. Like his, built like like his junior knee injury was just a torn ACL. That that's not a durability thing. That's just just that's one of those luck. things that happens, you know. But I think th- th- that's the thing I like about him, though, Brian, is he does have a running back body. Oh yeah, he's he, he, there was a uh, one of the super chats we had earlier. I, I think asked that very question. I'm, let me find it here real quick. Uh, let's see here. I want to find that. It was a question about here we go from ICURN. How does he compare to Kyron? Mm-hmm. Ryan, why don't you take a swing at that? Because I mean, obviously, you've seen a ton of Kyron. You've watched him going out of the high school, but then obviously going into the NFL draft. You know, how does a kid like like Jabron Payne? I have some opinions, but I don't hear what you guys have to say first. 
Yeah, I mean, I think I think the differences are Kyron's a little shorter, so he's a little stockier build. I think Jabron has the ability, though, where he could play 205-ish with, with his frame, and I think he could carry that pretty easily. The comparisons come from the fact that they're both all-purpose guys. Like They both can get detached from, from the running back position. They can play in the slot. They can run a variety of routes. Like These aren't just running back secondary options in the passing game. These guys can be main dudes that are running angle routes or running option routes. They can do a lot wheel routes. They can do – a lot of different varieties. So I think that's where the comparison comes from. I think the biggest difference, though, is I think Jabron is a little more of a explosive guy, right? Like, I think he has a better second gear than Kyron has, but I think Kyron also is a little more of a tough runner. I, I think that Jabron's a tough enough runner. I think he has that in his game as well. But I think that, that I mean, Kyron, the biggest thing for me is that that kid was just so slippery, man. Always finished forward, just breaking so many arm tackles and, people kind of underrated him a little bit in that area because he was only 199 pounds or so throughout most of his career. So I think that he's a little more tough. I think Jerron's a little more, a uh, little more explosive, but I think that what they share is that they're both very versatile players that can do a lot of things for an offense. Brian, what are your thoughts on that? I think that Kyron's one of the slipperiest guys I've ever seen. Him and Autry Denson were probably the two. And I know that's a little bit before Ryan's time, but Denson made everybody miss in a phone booth too. And neither one of them were necessarily sprinters by any means. This kid's a little more forward, but it's the same concept. And I think that like, like Ryan said, 205 is fine. And he can be a very good runner. He's another school to kind of use as an example. He's the kind of kid that goes to Wisconsin and is what they take a lot of those one cut and go guys. He can be that and get up in there, but every now and then he'll do something where he goes back and forth and makes a couple guys miss. Kyron was obviously famous for that, especially that one run against Carolina. But there's there's a lot to like about that. You have to make the first guy miss. That's what Holtz used to talk about with his skill guys. We'll block most of these guys. But we can't block everybody. You got to make the first guy miss. Yeah, and that's what Payne will do. I don't. I'm not saying he's going to be a punt returner. Maybe he could, but he makes the first guy miss, or he at least barrels through them. So those things are very interesting to me because Kyron was tough. This kid is similar in that fashion, and I'll take that all day. I, th- I think that's ever even more important than it, and even when it was when Coach Holtz that you mentioned was was you know coaching because obviously you always want your 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 playmakers, your skill position players to make the first person miss. Like that's consistent across the board. But even now, the more the game has turned into this space game that you're manufacturing space, like you always want to make the first person miss. I mean, we talked about the other day, Brian, with the ability to defend teams like Alabama now, where Mm -hmm. they're just going to throw a bunch of screens. They're going to get their guys into space and they're just going to manufacture that way. The the ability to make players miss, I mean, that's paramount with how the game is played now, especially. And there's a lot of different ways to do it. And adding another guy, like Logan Diggs is pretty pretty shifty. He's pretty good at making people miss. He's going to be 220 plus pounds when it's all said and done. You know, so there's a lot of different ways to do it, but I just think they just need more athletes, more playmakers. And again, there's some risk here, right? Like we're not going to be like, oh, it's great pickup. No risk at all. There's risk here. This is a kid who hasn't basically played the last two seasons. You know, he averaged like four something yards a carry as a, as a senior because he, you know, in like 60 some carries, right? So there's clearly some risk, but it's definitely worth it because again, you're, you've got the numbers. But this is a kid that if if you're willing to take this, you know what it is, Brian. I thought you brought up. I've been wanting to say this. I, I forgot to mention this. You brought up Wisconsin. This is exactly the kind of kid oh. that Wisconsin would sneak out of Ohio or somewhere that the Notre Dame's overlooked, the Ohio State's overlooked, the Penn State's overlooked. 
And all of a sudden you're like, wait a minute, where'd this kid come from? Like this kid that rushed for 1800 yards last year, where, where'd he come from? I never even heard of that kid. Right. You know, nobody, when, when they signed Jonathan Taylor, nobody was like, oh man, that guy's going to rush for a couple grand every year. And I'm talking about in high school, you thought that way. Well, Cause he's from oh, Jersey. Man. I, I from saw Jersey. his film. Brian, I'm we were about like from a national standpoint. We had it. We had, we had my, my, his senior year, we were about to play a team that he had played um, in the playoffs. We, where's this? When you were still coaching? When I was coaching in high school, yeah. We were we were about to play a team that he had just played, and I saw him on film, and I was just like, how in the world is this a thing right now? Well, <laughs> then I saw him See, right. I'm going to have to disagree yeah. with you, Ryan, because yeah. he wasn't ranked real high by the recruiting services, so clearly he couldn't have been a big-time player because I just was told in the chat possible. that you have to only recruit top five running backs in the country. That's the only way to be successful, apparently. Well, that, that's how it is, man. I mean, it, a right. three-star that's 210 pounds running 10-4 in the 100-meter, he sure. can't possibly be good. I agree. Sure. I agree. Sure. That's why I wouldn't have recruited Travis ATN either because he wasn't a top five running back. So LSU didn't even go after ATN. Exactly. He's from Louisiana. Exactly. exactly. The f- film don't lie, right? But sometimes coaches do. So that's that's the reality oh, of it. So I, fellas, I again I, I think this is this is good for Notre Dame. This is a good pickup. They have room. This does not stop them from going after some of the portal stuff that they still need uh, at all. I think this gives them security next year. And the reality is, is, is it's part of the shifting trend in college football is you're going to have to start. Notre Dame is always recruited beyond 85 because you are always going to lose players. You're going to have to start recruiting even more beyond it because of, until the transfer situation gets fixed, because it's not the portal's not going to get less. It's going to get more until the NCAA fixes it. And I don't think any of us are holding our breath uh, for the for Notre Dame or for the NCAA to fix anything until Congress steps in and comes up with their own stupid rule that won't actually fix the problem either. So yeah, that's pretty much where we are. There has to be some kind of moratorium on school X can take in this amount of time to say 12 months, this number of transfers. Right. And, and before anybody says anything, I know the problem is players are going to petition. Well, I had a special circuit that part. I don't know, but you still have to at least get a baseline. Yeah. And I don't know what the number is, but like, I cover UCF and they're already at 10 transfers set up for the fall of 22. And that doesn't count for the transfer wave that's about to happen because you know, guys finish their spring or whatever school go to the spring game and they jump in the portal. UCF might end up with 15 kids. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a freaking recruiting class. And that's, and I get it. Go to trust me. UCF's campus is dope. It's in Orlando, blah, blah, blah. And good for them. But, they're kind of an exception. They're they're reaping the benefits of where they are more than anything else. Right. We're getting dudes. So it you know, it, it's hard. So I and a lot of kids, I forget what the number was, but like a lot of the kids that are in power five that get into it think they're gonna go up. Like half of them don't even end up in division one. Mm-hmm. It's just a test market now, and schools drop kids. It's made it worse instead of better. Right. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. And like everybody talks about, oh, it's it's better for college football. And we, we'll, we'll move on after this because I don't want this show to be about all about that. But I think it's applicable to what we're discussing. You know, but like you say, oh, you know, it's, it's good for the kids. Well, which kids are we talking about here? Because yeah, is it good for the, the remainder of the Alabama running backs that Jameer Gibbs is at Alabama? It's good for Jameer Gibbs. It's not good for the kid whose playing time he just took, the three-year player or whatever the case may be. I mean, you know, I mean, even look at Notre Dame's case, if we're going to be honest, you know, it, Notre Dame landing Chris Smith from Harvard is good for Notre Dame. It, it may not be great for Gabriel Rubio or you mm-hmm. know, Jacob Lacey or Jason Onye or whoever else is trying to get those snaps, right? And so 
you know, it just, it just kind of goes into the whole the notion of we're not actually having a real conversation about this nationally, and that's the problem because nobody wants to nobody wants to be that guy that tells the players what you're doing is wrong. It's like we we want to allow eighteen and nineteen year olds to dictate the rules now, which is the stupidest thing ever. Like that that's just a recipe for disaster. But you know, everybody wants to be cool and liked and all this other kind of stuff. But we need to have that kind. Of, Brian, we need to get you on these days and have that transfer conversation of what actually needs to happen. But let's. Let's let's get back to Jabron Payne here because, again, the point being that you have to be prepared for that and recruit just continue to recruit more and more and more, which is going to tie into sort of a, you know, what, what what do we do next when we have these conversations, right? We break down the kid. We all like him. If he's healthy, it's a big-time pickup. Notre Dame needed it. Now they have five. I think five backs is the, is the desired number for a roster of running back is at least five kids. So you've got that. You've got a kid that's got a lot of upside, all this other kind of stuff. So what's next? And this is where it gets interesting because Notre Dame already has a commitment in the 2023 class from Cedric Irvin Jr. They are still recruiting uh, Jaden Lamar. I've heard his name pronounced two ways. Also, I've heard Lamar and Lemar. I'm not sure which one that is. We'll eventually have to correct that one as well. Uh, but you know, you're recruiting him. They're still recruiting Jeremiah Love. We've mm-hmm. talked to sources that have said if both of those guys wanted to come, they'd take both of them. Because love can play multiple positions, but even if you just even if you just get one of them, there's a chance you're going to have seven running backs on your roster in 2023, and that's too many. I mean yeah. that, but you know, so it's like you're assuming someone's going to leave. Well, who's going to leave, mm-hmm. right? And that's that's what makes this makes this a little bit of a. This is more of the head scratcher for me. Is kind of the moving forward and what you do in 2023, as opposed to it makes sense for now. It's going to be a little bit more a bit of a head scratcher moving forward. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. Yeah, let me turn this around. Which one, whoever wants to go, who's the most likely guy on Notre Dame's depth chart at running back to turn pro early? Because I tried to, I thought about this the other day and I I wasn't, you know, whenever it is, whatever class, out of any of the kids on the route, which one's the most likely to be a three and out kid? Well, I mean, the only person that he'll have that opportunity next season is Chris Tyree. He's the only right. one that's going to be yeah. eligible. So he would be my answer just generally because we we just haven't seen enough of everybody else to have that conversation yet, you know? Just not looking into year, just whenever that guy's eligible, to me it's Diggs. I, 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 so? I agree. Yeah, I think if Logan Diggs has a good year this year, let's say Logan Diggs has six, 700 yards this year, mm-hmm. and then he becomes the guy in 2023 and he goes for over 1,000. He's out. And that's not a knock on him. I mean, that's how most backs are. I mean, it just it's hard to have four-year backs nowadays. Well, I mean, yeah. I, I always – every because I do a little bit of consulting for, like, the NFL draft stuff, and it's a running back always asks me, should I should I leave early? And my answer is always, if you're going to get drafted, yes. <laughs> like, you, you yeah. should 100% I, leave early. I still say it depends. I mean, you know, because, like, I, I really feel like it depends on where you get drafted. Is there a chance? But, I mean, I get, I get the point you're making. Mm-hmm. You know, but that's the reality is that the NFL puts zero value on running backs. 
So it's if you're a second round pick, if you're projected, like most positions, if you're a second round pick, like Isaiah Foskey was kind of getting like borderline first round pick, come back because if you have a big year next year, you can be top ten pick, like you talked about yesterday, right? Mm-hmm. If you're a second round pick at running back, you can come back next year and be twice the player, and it's not a guarantee you're going to be a first round running back. Or, or you can be Bryce Loved, right? And you get right. injured and you come right. back. And yeah, But, I mean, exactly. even if that doesn't happen, the, the the lack of value at the running back position from a draft standpoint, there's not mm-hmm. as much to gain going back to college as a running back as there would be for, like, Kevin Austin. Oh, yeah. Right? To come back to Notre Dame or Isaiah Foskey to go back to Notre Dame. And that's something running backs have to consider. I mean, that's that's part of the process. Like, if you were to tell me you're going to be a fourth-round pick, should I come out? No, at every position except running, except back. running back. Yeah. You know, it's just – it's a different animal. It, it doesn't mean I tell every kid that because I, I do think there's some exceptions to it. Like, hey, look, man, you're probably not a pro and, you know, mm-hmm. get your degree and you've got parts of your game that are – you know, I think the other thing too for me is if a kid's just game isn't ready for the NFL. That's the other thing. But that would be the only exception to that, Ryan, to, to your point, which is that's just yeah. a position where it's going to be hard to convince running backs to stay for an extra year which is also what made the, the Travis Etienne situation so unique. It's bizarre. Yeah, he was a bizarre you know? one. And it worked because, out for him because he became a first-round draft pick. You it, know? It, it, did, it did to a degree, but, I mean, usually guys, running backs that are going to get drafted in the first round are, they're, I mean, they're usually good to go when they're juniors, right? I, I don't think that Travis Etienne necessarily raised his draft stock. I think he was going to be late first, early second round regardless he, he was of where told, from what i read he was told he wasn't gonna be a first round pick well th- this is the thing though brian this is the thing here's like a little insight into the advisory board the advisory board always rounds down a great rounds no, down around advisory board it's what is what i was read is what his people were being told not the advisory board but yeah you're correct mm-hmm. on the advisory board aspect of it yeah i'm trying to remember the year he came out uh, yeah, because you had like Clyde Edwards, Larry, you had DeAndre Swift, you had Jonathan Taylor, you had Cam Akers, you had J.K. Mm-hmm. Dobbins, A.J. Dillon. I think part of it too was looking forward to next year's draft class was also part of it for him. Mm-hmm. You know, it was, and so, but again, like there's always circumstances where you're going to get the one off. The reality is, is for all this talk, Travis Etienne's situation is the is the outlier, right? It's not the norm for what running backs do. Right. And so you can't count on that. We always say this, right? Like you don't make plans based on the the exceptions. You don't say because Stetson Bennett won a title at Georgia, let's recruit a bunch of Stetson Bennett's. Right. I mean, it's like, right. I mean, you just don't do that. And that's the point is you have to be prepared for if you if you think a guy can play. You know, it's it's like it, it, it you have to think about that. So the running back depth chart is going to get really interesting if Notre Dame adds to its its 2023 haul. There, there's no question about it. I think they actually uh, have a chance to do that at a lot of positions, just from a general perspective here. I just think, and again, I live in Florida for people that don't know, and I, I get to talk to as many kids as anybody. Notre Dame is is a buzz right now. So pain is a need for a position. He's talented and all that. Notre Dame, and I know the transfer portal, as Brian just mentioned, makes things really hard to even be close to 85, Alabama included. I mean, a Jai Hall just jumped in the portal. He is a dude, but, you know, he had off-the-field problems and stuff, and I know him, and et cetera. But you just don't know. So where's that number, and when do you take a kid? There's so many little things, and that's why when somebody offers a kid, is it real? Well, it probably is for a little while until another kid tells them that he's favoring that school and they like him better. It's who has an offer and all that kind of stuff. Notre Dame looked at this probably a lot different because they when they offer a kid, by and large, they they will allow a kid to commit. Right. So, but 
Well, it, and Notre Dame, it, more than most schools, has to anticipate a kid's going to stay at least three years to get his degree. 100%. There's a lot of kids, Brian, you know this, that have, that will have wanted to transfer after Notre Dame from after their freshman year. But they're like, you know what? And maybe it's not always they that. Want degree. The parental, you know, a push, but like, you know, I want, I want that degree. Right. And, and that's just, so it's, and that's the whole point of the, the somewhat earlier. It's harder for Notre Dame to just process kids out than, you know, than it is for some other programs, uh, which I'm okay with. But, but Ryan, I think that's kind of the thing looking at, looking at Jabron Payne, looking at Jaden Lamar. That's why it's almost impossible to tell a kid that grades out as high as those players do to say, Nah, we don't have room for you. It it it, it can it, at a position like running back, especially because you you look at run, defensive line, and say, well, then why don't you take Bubakar Traore if you're able to get to? Because defensive linemen tend to have more of a long term view, unless they're the Keon Keeley types, right? Right? Than a running back, and and, and that's the thing is because running backs have been conditioned to believe you have a very short shelf life, mm-hmm. you can't waste time. Where a defensive lineman can be a fifth-year player and take his time and still be a top ten NFL draft pick. Like, when was the last time you heard an NFL team say about an offensive or defensive lineman? Yeah, but he was a five-year player. That's going to look that that you know that that's going to ding him a little bit, right? Like, right. you're you'd be punished to stay in college as a running back, Ryan, and be a four-year thousand-yard <laughs> rusher is like a negative. It is on yeah. a guy when you're looking at the NFL draft, which is absurd, but that's the reality of it. Yeah, I mean, it's the same thing that we were talking about before, right? It's it's the the tread on the tire type of conversation, and it does count against them. And, and the offensive line, defensive line conversation comparison is a great one because those guys, those positions take a lot longer to develop, right? Like there's not a lot of offensive linemen that just come into college football and they are ready to go. They're just not conditioned and developed to kind of work like that. But running backs, wide receivers, like those types of positions, they have a much easier transitional period usually for the most part. So I agree with you. I I think that it's another thing too, Brian, because we've seen 2021 class, two running backs. Now 2022, two running backs. 2023 in theory is going to be at least two running backs. So now you have to compare, you have to prepare yourself because at any point injury could be high at the running back position for one, but also two transfer portal, those are going to be things that, that could potentially happen. And let's be honest, the running backs that we're going to see next season, all the, all the five, most likely not all five are going to finish their Notre Dame career as Notre Dame football players. It, it is a fact of it, right? They're not going to finish their college career as Notre Dame football players for the most part, all of them. So you have to prepare yourself, man. You have to. Like We were talking about the offensive tackle group, right? Like You have to prepare from two years out because Blake Fisher and Joel might not be here after their junior year. It's the same sure. thing for a running back position. Right. Brian, I want I want to kick this down to you. That's kind of what makes the great thing about Notre Dame's depth chart is going into 2022 at running back. They're loaded. The bad thing about Notre Dame's yeah. 2022 depth chart is somebody's not going to be happy at the end of the year. It's it's hard to keep five dudes. It's hard to keep four guys happy. Right. And so you have to prepare for that. I mean, that's just the that's just the reality of college football because kids don't have that incentive to stay, meaning you lose a year. It's it's just that's just kids are going to make more emotional decisions. And that's just that's just the reality. And look, I see it. I mean, I coach at a level, Brian, for most of my coaching career where there was no transfer sit out rule. You just if you didn't like it, just go somewhere else, you know, and, and see a lot of kids make decisions. They look back and say, gee, I wish I, you know, you know, whatever. When you have that that one year sit out thing, you have to really think, like, do I really want to do this? Because that means I can't play next year. Right. And so you're going to see that. But that's the reality of college football, which is why after initially being like, I'm not sure if I like this pickup because I'm looking at the numbers 
after kind of because it takes a while to deprogram from our way of thinking as long as you and I have been doing this, Brian. You have to say, like, look, you just at this point, especially with skill players, you just can't you just can't assume you're gonna be set at that position for the next three years. Oh, so no. a kid like Jabron Payne wants to come, you you saw you take him up. If you can add a kid like you know Jaden Lamar on top of Cedric Irvin Jr. and then get a Jeremiah Love, take him. Right. I mean, you you just you just keep loading up. And, and some positions I say you can't do that. D-line, you can't do that. Offensive line, you can't do that because the turn the turnover is not going to be as high. Not the same with skill players. It's 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 going to be that way. Absolutely. Well, even even a school like Alabama, think about the national title game. What position were they short at at the end? Receiver. Yeah. The two guys that they lost that they talked about. I'm sure there were other guys that were banged up. Were their two best? I mean, I, no offense to Georgia, they don't win that game. Both those kids are healthy. They don't yeah, win that game if one of those kids is healthy. Probably not. They but could you know not I mean? cover Jamison Williams in the first half of that game at well, all. Well, you know what? Yeah. Nobody else did either. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Look, exactly. he was. You know what he averaged last year? Nineteen point nine yards catch. Right. Right. <laughs> and he did and it. Yes, he, he was a backup at Ohio State. And is that he good? Wasn't gonna sit around and wait. That's it's above average. average. Is nineteen good? Nineteen good. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, Ohio State's receiver depth chart. We could do an entire podcast on how retarded that was. I mean, this, yeah. he was what fifth guy or something like that. I mean, come I on. think I think he had like what was it like twelve seven, catches or something? Seven, like, yeah, it wasn't yeah. much. Yeah, it wasn't yeah. much. But he was a highly for people that don't know. Right. Jameson was a four star kid coming out of high school out of Missouri. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And all kinds of offers. So yeah, no, but that that's the thing though, guys, is that that when you have that kind of depth, you can't just assume, well, this guy is going to stay and wait for three years. He had nine catches for 154 yards. Uh, you just can't, you can't stay, say, Hey, well, this guy's going to stay, wait for three years at a at receiver or running back or whatever and, and go, it's just not going to happen. Line, maybe D line. Sure. Quarterback, maybe at running back receiver. So again, keep loading up. So guys, that's going to be it for today's show. Obviously uh, Ryan, I know you got to go and I got to go do a radio spot here real quick. Brian, Got to get you back on, man. I know you've been super busy traveling all over the country. We got to get you back on here to talk some recruiting here real soon. So I appreciate you being on as well, buddy. Absolutely. Thank you very much for having me. All right. I want to just quickly go through. And uh, did we get all the super chats, guys? Oh, here we go. Frank G. Hey, Brian, uh, you gave the running back recruiting grade B plus with, with just Jadarian Price in the class. What is your grade now after Notre Dame hit the home run, hit the number they were looking for? I'd probably bump it up to an A minus, but I'd, I'd have to really think about it because of the injury aspect of it. I, I'd, I'd want to I'd probably do more homework, Frank, to, to find out just how healthy he is. But again, if I'm working with the assumption that there's no way in heck Notre Dame takes him if they don't think he's healthy. Yeah. Then you know, if I were to get that same answer, then I would probably say uh, it probably bump it up to an A minus because you got two really good football players. Here's why it's an A minus, not just two good backs, two really good backs, two good fits, like complementary fits to each other, and you added skill sets that you need to your roster, and so you met your numbers needs as well. And with two really good high ceiling guys, so it, it'd be hard for me to to not give it an A minus. Look, guys, the reality is the last three years. Notre Dame has recruited running back at a championship level. You had Chris Tyree, Logan Dids, Audric Estime, Jadarian Price, and, and if, Jabron Payne. If you can have that kind of three-year stretch for the rest of the next 10 years, you'll never hear me complain a lick about running back recruiting at Notre Dame, ever, ever. Anyone want to add to that? Because, I mean, that's a heck of a gr- – that's a lot of talent. That's I mean, outside of, of, like, the 1990 Notre Dame running back depth chart or something that had, like, five guys that went to the NFL, I mean, you know. There was a year where Reggie Brooks was like so buried deep on the running back depth chart. They moved he was playing corner. 
Exactly. When, in 90, when they played Michigan in the opening game, Reggie started a corner. No BS. Yeah. Yeah. He, did, he couldn't even make the depth chart at running back. Yeah. Yep. So anyway, guys, thanks so much, everybody. Have a great rest of your day. Thanks for your patience for earlier, everybody. We really appreciate it. But thank you all so much. Ryan and I are going to chat here tonight about uh, timing for tomorrow. We're going to try to have another show tomorrow. So that's why you got to be subscribed. Hit the like button. Hit the notification bell because that's how you know that you are with us. So uh, have a great day, everybody. Have a great night, everybody. Brian, Ryan, thank you guys for joining us. We'll all talk to you soon. Thank you for being a part of the Irish Breakdown Podcast.